Hi, and welcome to Sailing Through Life, a journey to health, happiness, and living your dreams. My name is Lori, and I am your host. My guest today is Mags Bujalski. She is an amazing cancer survivor and spirited soul. Join me as we set sail on this adventure to discover ways to take care of yourself, find the positive in life, and continue to dream even when going through some of your darkest days. Listen to my inspiring guests as they share their stories and give hope to help you on your journey. My guest today is very special. She beat stage four lymphoma at a young age and has shared her story on YouTube and Instagram. Mags has since shifted her focus to positivity, health, and lifestyle. I'm grateful to have her as my guest today. If you were waiting for some sort of a sign, well, this podcast was your sign. So as Lori said, if you just needed a little bit of a push to keep going, to keep moving forward, well, this was your sign. Our episode today is Don't Rock the Boat, Keeping Balance in Your Life. We will be talking to Mags about finding out what works for her and her healthy lifestyle, the power of positivity, how her life has changed after cancer, and what is her dream. Please welcome Mags. Hi, Mags. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is such a pleasure and it's a treat. My pleasure is all mine. I'm very excited to be here today. Thank you. So I wanted to touch a little bit on how I first met you. I started following you when I was on YouTube. I did a search for cancer and wigs and I came across your channel and my heart was just, I felt for you because I couldn't imagine being your age and trying to tackle this. And I was amazed by your attitude and your maturity when you're dealing with such a serious thing like stage four lymphoma. So your vibe was just what you are trying to promote. It was total positivity. And it was very appreciated in a time that I was trying to hold my life together going through my own diagnosis. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So my name is Mags Wojcicki. I am 23 years old currently. I was 22 when I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, Yeah, I had stage four primary mediastinal large B-cell lymphoma. Essentially, they found a large mass in my chest. I did six cycles of chemotherapy. I've been in remission since about August, September of last year and doing well so far. I'm back to work. I have been working from home recently, but back to pretty much, I would say, a normal life. As far as your history of health and and what happened, what was the first thing you can recall thinking when you found out you had cancer? The first thing, I, I think it was just fear. Honestly, it was just am I going to die? I think that kind of goes through everyone's mind when they first receive the news. At first, I didn't know that it was stage four. I also didn't really know much about lymphoma. So it was just, I think, more fear of the unknown. Um, Yeah, I just, you know, I had just graduated university. I just accepted a position at my dream job. And I was like, as everything is coming together, suddenly it all decides to fall apart. So yeah, I remember just, I think fear and overwhelm were just the main things at the very beginning. 
Once you got through everything and started to move forward with understanding more about your diagnosis and trying to figure out what's next, what could you say changed between that point and where you're at now? Um, I'm very much a planner. Like I like to kind of know what to expect. So I think for me, once I kind of was able to just get all the crying off of my chest and then kind of start thinking of things in a more logical way, I did a lot of research. I kind of looked into it. And even though it was scary and it was still pretty unknown, I think just me knowing what I was getting myself into, like what the cancer specifically was, what the side effects may be, what the chemo looked like. I think that really helped calm me down. And then I kind of changed it from more of like an emotional process to a, okay, this is just what I have to do now and let's just do it. Let's get it over with and then move on to the next step and kind of like we'll cross whatever bridge comes and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I've been living my life ever since. And I tell myself, you know, no matter what happens in life, just kind of create a plan and then it's just what you have to do and you just got to do it. I'm a planner too. So I always have to have like a, what's the next step? And exactly. and so I can check things off and I feel like if I can check something off, I'm making progress. So I understand that, that mindset. Um, I think, you know, anybody going through something has a safety and a comfort to doing things a certain way. And this really this diagnosis of cancer or, or going through some life challenge or major event, that's your go-to. Um, and I know sometimes it's really hard to find that go-to place because you kind of spiral a little bit. So you got to catch yourself and go to what's, you know, your nature to do. What would you say was the biggest thing you did to find hope while you're going through this and reassuring yourself that things were going to be okay or your family? The biggest thing for me was definitely communicating and connecting with others, um, specifically others who were slightly ahead of me in their journey. So were either finishing up treatment or had finished treatment. That really gave me hope. I mean, for as being a woman, especially with like the hair growth, seeing someone who was like six months post chemo and their hair growing back, that kind of gave me hope that like, okay, you know, like it'll grow back quickly after treatment's over. And just seeing, yeah, especially connecting with people that had the same rare type of lymphoma as I did, because when my oncologist first told me that this is a very rare type, we're not sure whether the treatment's going to work, like we kind of have to just see how it goes. That obviously gave me some worry because if they're not 100% sure, you know, I wasn't either. And so I think because I put it all on social media, it was easier for me to find people that had the exact same diagnosis as me. And I was really able to just connect, whether that be what kind of treatment they did, how they handled their side effects, stuff like that. So I think that for me was just the biggest source of like comfort and support and honestly, really just helped me through everything. Did you find yourself reaching out to support groups, whether they were online or locally? Um, not really. I was like offered a few. The hospital did put me in touch with a few that I could get connected with. And there were a few online. I am in a few, but 
that's not really more my style. Like my style is more just like one-on-one connecting with someone and messaging. I feel like I kind of get overwhelmed when there's just a bunch of different threads coming through and different messages. And I was already being overwhelmed with a bunch of other things happening in my life. So I think for me, one-on-one connection is a little bit more my style, but I do know of quite a few groups just because I have been in the cancer world, if you may, for quite some time now. You try to be cautious with what you read or take in or, or, you know, have that conversation with someone and, and not making it, you know, what might happen to you, so to speak, you know, with the YouTube channel or doing Instagram, you're sharing your story, but you're not necessarily immersed in somebody else's experience, which you can't take that on. A lot of times you're just kind of at your max with your process. It's already a lot dealing with your own, you know, story and your own health problems. As far as things you went through, did you have any issues with keeping stress and worry to a minimum or what did you kind of do to keep that in check? Oh, I am an overthinker by nature. I have been my entire life. So um, I overthought a lot. I was definitely stressed. I mean, I really tried to keep a positive attitude, a positive headspace, but I am human. And I did have my days where I would just be a big bubble of anxiety the whole day. And, you know, especially when you're like waiting on results or you're waiting to figure out whether your treatment's working or, you know, you're having like a particularly bad day if it's really hard for your mind kind of not to wander into those places and from a lot of different angles I think just like from the angle of is it working am I going to be okay from the angle of am I a burden on the people that are helping me or supporting me and it's just one of those things where it's I think cancer half of cancer is with what goes on in your head and so I think taking care of my mental health was definitely something that I really needed to prioritize while I was undergoing treatment and I think because of that it allowed me to really look into that and learn different methods and kind of things that I need to do to be able to keep my stress levels down keep my mental health kind of good and it just really showed me the importance of really being in in check with your emotional and physical health. And that's something that it's, it's a learning curve for sure. When you're trying to make sense of everything and things are skewed, um, you're not necessarily just worrying about what you're going to wear tomorrow. You're worrying about was that little twinge or why did I just feel that or. Exactly. And I think when something as, severe as cancer comes into play especially with me like my symptoms at first were just like a regular cough so for me I'm just like well what if it's another little symptom and I'm playing it off as it might just be nothing but then it could be something you know like it's so easy for your mind to just go to that place so I think it's really important to be able to have little tricks in place to just calm yourself down and it's it's interesting that as you do those things and you try to get yourself back on track, you find that there's things that help you do that. And what do you find is the most important thing that you do that to take care of yourself? Definitely time for myself, like just time to be alone. I'm one of those people that I just need me time. And I find that if I'm around people too much or I'm just too caught up, in work or in just life in general I definitely just need even if it's just an hour to just lay on the couch and watch something or just to take my mind off of what's going on in life I 
think sometimes I neglect to do that, like whether that be a bubble bath, like a face mask and just sit and do absolutely nothing. I feel like I live a very go, go, go life. And sometimes you don't even realize until you're at the point of exhaustion that you haven't really taken time for yourself. And then when you're overexhausted, that's kind of when your mind starts to go wander as well. So I find that for me, when I get to that point, I'm just like, okay, we're going to sit down for an hour. We're just going to watch something funny to just completely forget about what's going on right now. And then I feel much more calm and much better. Also, recently, I found that working out is also another way for me to just kind of focus on something else, get a good sweat in. And then I just honestly feel a million times better right after. Well, and they do say if you do the exercise, it's it's not just physical, it is definitely a mental thing as well. And Absolutely. it's amazing how it helps you get through this. And, and they say that your success rate when you do the exercise, even though you don't feel like doing them some days, it is the best way to help your body heal. Yes. And I find that those are the days where it's the most important. The days where I really don't want to do it is the days I force myself to because those are the days where I really need it. And just feeling feeling stronger physically just also puts me in a better headspace. So all in all, it's just a very positive thing whenever I do get a good workout. Well, I, I do know something else that makes your day. I think there's a little fuzzy friend. <laughs> My fur baby. <laughs> He is definitely something else. He I, is, I, oh, my wild I, child. I, yeah, he is my entire world. He is something. I, I've had pets in my life, and they, they were around for 16 and 17 years. And I, it's a definite family member when they have mm-hmm. that much character and that much energy they truly have a big space they fill. Absolutely. And yeah, he came into our lives when I think we needed him the most. It was kind of like the beginning of a new chapter when I was done treatment and we had been wanting a puppy for so long and a lot of things weren't aligning for us to get one. And then it kind of just happened and it all came together. And I think we honestly got the most perfect dog for our little family. He fits us so well. He is like the perfect mixture of cuddly and loving, but crazy at the same time. And yeah, I don't think there's a better fit for us. That's so neat. I'm, I'm so happy for you because that is a definite thing that's a, an occupier of your time. Even if you don't feel like taking care of yourself, there's somebody depending on you to help take care of them. And so yeah. it is a motivator for sure. I 100% agree with you. So in the the realm of self-care, it seems that everywhere I look, and I don't know if it's because I've been watching you, that I've seen it kind of floating throughout the internet and things like that. Have Have you noticed any more focus on that. And I don't know if it's COVID related or if it's just my eyes are catching it now because I know that's kind of the theme of where people are going. Um, I do think that definitely over the last while, especially last year, but definitely a couple years before as well, I think self-care has really become something that society is really focusing on, I think, because I think it's just a lot of you know, mental health struggles are arising. And now that it's more, 
I'm not sure what the word is here, but now that it's like more okay to talk about it and it's more acceptable, there you go. It's more acceptable to talk about it and people are more open. I think people are also looking for ways to help that, to improve that, not only like schools and workplaces, but just like people in general. And I definitely do see that burnout is a very real thing. I have experienced burnout multiple times and I think people are just really trying to show the importance of taking care of yourself and taking care of your body emotionally and physically and if you can't be there for yourself how are you supposed to be there for others so I'm really happy because I am a huge advocate for self-care I know that that was something that I was definitely lacking in my life prior to getting sick and even now I still sometimes fall off you know the road of self-care and taking care of myself but I always try to find my way back and remember that I am my best self when I am taking care of myself. Well, I know that you do an awesome job of reminding people of what's important in a day, whether it be uh, on your YouTube channel uh, with a video that you put up or something on Instagram, even just a simple photograph of don't forget to take care of yourself. That is the, the key thing. And I think when you get to the point where you have to remember yourself, it it's hard sometimes because I think you feel like you're being selfish. It just, it's been amazing to see how it is acceptable to actually be focused on you, even just for a section of a day to really recharge your battery. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is also, we want to keep the people around us happy. You know, most of us have someone to take care of, whether that be like a partner, a parent, children, pets, for example, as well. There are a lot of work. And I think that just by nature, we put everyone before ourselves and we always, you know, push us to the very last minute of the day and sometimes all it takes is just taking 10 minutes in the morning with your coffee and sitting in peace and just drinking a coffee and enjoying it having a moment of calm in the shower before you start your day it's not doesn't have to be a whole day off it can just be a quick 10-15 minutes but it can honestly make such a difference for your entire day. I wanted to just understand what you feel you've achieved with sharing your story on YouTube and Instagram and what feedback you've gotten from your viewers and your followers? Um, The feedback has been amazing. I cannot thank everybody who supports me and watches my videos enough. They are just, all my supporters are amazing and I've been able to connect with so many people that it blows my mind. And I think that's like the side of social media that sometimes society doesn't want to project I know there's a lot of you know negative things surfacing around social media nowadays and I understand some of them however there is also a very positive side and people always say that my videos help them so much and support them but little do they know that I'm being supported and helped just as much and I have had so many questions answered because of it and for me the main reason that I really wanted to put this up is because when I got sick, the first place I went was YouTube and Instagram. And I tried to find someone my age going through this because I honestly had no idea what I was going in for. I didn't know what lymphoma was. I didn't know what chemo looked like. And I couldn't find a lot. It was either like childhood cancer or doctors giving spiels on YouTube. And, you know, those aren't always the most positive spaces. So I decided that's why I was going to document my own journey and just show people what to expect, even though not all cancers are the same, of course, not all treatments are the same, but 
kind of give them a sense of comfort as to what to expect. Caregivers as well, because it's really hard to be a caregiver. And really, I think the main thing was just to show that you don't have to be embarrassed about what happens to you. You don't have to hide the fact that something like this happens to you because I grew up in kind of a community where it was like you almost always wanted to show your most perfect side and you always wanted to hide any problems that you had and I don't think that's right like I don't think that I should have had to hide the fact that I got sick it wasn't my fault it's not something that I did to myself but it's a part of my life and then also I just wanted to show that it's possible to overcome a hardship and then to be successful in the end and still be able to live a beautiful life afterwards despite the hardships that you just went through so when you when you got to that point where your hair was falling out and i mean in chemo you you do have a a different type of thing you're dealing with if if it's getting to that point it is easier when you do shave it off as opposed to continually cleaning up hair um but as far as your transition from that that situation, that process of losing what you felt like you were before and getting to the next phase and working with wigs and things, what was you, how did you process that? Honestly, I feel like I jumped into that entire part of my life like with a blindfold on because I had absolutely no idea how to deal with anything, a bald head, wigs, nothing. And I think for me, losing the hair was the first thing that really made me feel like I was sick because physically you couldn't tell, like you couldn't see my tumor. I looked fine when you looked at me. And so it wasn't until my hair fell out that I really looked sick. And I thought I was going to be devastated. Of course, at first, just the thought of my hair falling out was devastating to me. I tried to find ways to save it. Of course, there's no way to save it. Um, and I was expecting that it would be very hard for me, but when it actually came to it, I was very surprised on the way I handled it. I kind of also just took emotion out of the situation and was like, you know what, it's going to fall out whether I cry a million times about it or not. Might as well just get it over with, shave my head and then get a wig. And yeah, I let it fall for a few days, but then after a while I just kept having to vacuum and seeing it on my clothes and carrying a lint roller wherever I went just was too much. And I was like, might as well just do it. Um, with the wigs, at first, super overwhelming. I did not know what I was getting myself into again. I did end up finding a wig shop that did cater to people who had hair loss or were undergoing chemotherapy. So I was lucky in that sense because I had someone pretty much explain to me kind of the basics that I needed to know. And it wasn't like I was completely on my own. And that's why I documented that because I was like, well, if I'm like this and I don't know what I'm getting myself into, then there's definitely others. And then kind of as I went on with my cancer journey, I, for some reason, just became very fascinated with wigs and working with different types of wigs and learning more about them. And that was just like another little hobby that I ended up picking up while I was undergoing treatment. Well, I think I what I got out of that was that, you, you know, you have to approach it with some sort of um, adventure. You have to understand that you have a whole new world opened up to you. And, and even though what's going on with you and the reason you're doing it is not great, you're trying to find something that would be fun or a different hairstyle, or you have a whole nother realm to kind of delve into because you've never had to think about it before. 
Exactly. I always say like, it's crazy how much stuff I've learned in the last year that I would have never learned otherwise. Like I probably obviously never would have known so much about cancer and wigs had I never gotten sick. So it's just kind of crazy how much I've like how much knowledge I've acquired and with the wigs too. Like I got to try different colors, different styles. And I'm like, I never would have even thought to try this before. I don't even think I ever had a wig on my head before. So it was definitely something that I found fun and cool because I mean, you try to find the positives in the situation like this. And for me, wigs was honestly a positive. When you started your YouTube channel, and I know you wanted to try to reach out and explain things to other people. What did you find was the biggest positive to that? I think the biggest positive to that was just for my own mental health, just kind of knowing, like I said, planning and just kind of knowing what to expect. It definitely helped me reassure myself that everything was going to be okay, that I wasn't out of options. If one thing didn't work, there was more things I could try. And definitely learning a lot just about myself. Like, obviously, I'll never find out what caused my cancer. But with the research that I've done, I think I've kind of come up with things that may have caused it. And I've definitely learned about my own body more and kind of now what I have to take care of more specifically with my health, like moving forward in life and just putting that information out there because I feel like there's a lot of things that you just can't Google when it comes to like cancer, like random little facts. And just that's why I would just put them in my videos, like random weird things. Cause I'm like, if I'm thinking of it, there's surely someone out there who's thinking of it as well. So just for example, like my video of like how to prepare for chemo, like there's a lot of things people don't know. Like you have should probably go to the dentist beforehand because when you're doing treatment, you can't go to the dentist because your body isn't strong enough. Right. And lots of people don't know that. And I didn't know that as well. And stuff like that, like freezing your eggs and how all of that works. So I think just being able to inform myself, but also inform others to help them feel more reassured and more prepared for what's to come. Do you think you had any idea when you started this that this would kind of grow the way it has as far as the number of followers you have and and I know you had probably some social media interaction previous to all this, but did you imagine that this would all kind of grow this way? Absolutely not. It was just kind of like a split second decision. I had had it in the back of my mind to do something like this, but you know what? I wasn't, I was outgoing, but not on social media. Like I was never one to post a lot about my life. Like I had an Instagram account, but I didn't post a lot. And it was something that interested me, but again, I was kind of, my initial plan was just to kind of slip under the radar for the year and then resurface once um, everything was over with. But then my boyfriend was kind of like, you know what, you're going to be at home, you're done school, you can't work, you're going to have all this time on your hands, why don't you just do it? And then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it, we'll see. I mean, if anything, it'll just be something that will occupy me and keep me busy while I'm doing treatment. And it was overwhelming. The response was overwhelming. And again, like it just makes my heart so happy that I was able to reach so many people and help people out because that was always the goal, just to share it with others so others feel less alone and yeah, know what to expect. Well, and I honestly am just thrilled that you are able to do this this podcast with me today. Thank you. <laughs> my purpose and my goal to give somebody the 
the just the way to keep going. What is it that would keep them going? What is it that's positive? And try to stay focused on that. And that's so hard when you are in the middle of something and and trying to just get through a day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. Like I have had people reach out to me and be like, you know what, it's okay to be sad. And I 100% agree. It is perfectly okay to be sad, especially going through something as hard as cancer. And I had my bad days. I cried at first for a very long time. I also cried throughout. But I think it's not about being happy 100% of the time. It's about, at the end of the day, seeing that there are lots of blessings in life and that this is lessons learned and that just keeping a positive outlook will really just help you feel better and help things kind of flow easier in your life. That's what I found. And I just try to spread that because even though it may not work for everyone, I think if people see that it's possible for me to keep that mindset while going through it, maybe it'll help them do that as well and just see that it's dark days, it's cloudy, it's rainy, but there's also sunshine and there can be little things in life that, you know what, you may have never had to experience had you never gotten sick, if that even makes sense, you know? Well, and I think people mistake being happy and positivity as the same thing. And it's not necessarily, you can have a bad day and still be positive and it doesn't mean you're happy. You're just looking, it's, it's more of a mindset than it is an emotion, I guess. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree. So what do you see for yourself in the near future and maybe future years, I guess, um, as far as what you're planning to do with YouTube and where you're at with life? Well, I fell in love with YouTube and I mean, I was never planning on continuing it beyond my like cancer journey, but honestly, I love doing it. It has become such a like passion project of mine that I do continue my YouTube because I think I still have lots of things that I'm experiencing life after cancer and just like lifestyle in general that I love sharing. And like I said, I have a bunch of internet friends now and just like, that's my way of communicating with them and I love doing that I love sharing things with people and so I would love to continue to keep doing that as I do same thing with Instagram I love just sharing little things about my life sharing my dog sharing my boyfriend my life kind of even the struggles too and like reminding people that it's okay and that I'm going through the same struggles as they are and then also showing them little things like the other day I forgot that it was like my anniversary that I found out I was in remission and then I kind of made a post saying I totally forgot that yesterday yesterday was my one-year anniversary of knowing that I'm in remission and this just goes to show that there will be a point where you will not think about cancer every single day because I know that was my biggest worry when I first got sick of was, is cancer going to be on my mind every single day? Am I never going to stop worrying about it? And then that just kind of went to show that I didn't even realize that a year ago was one of the best days of my life. So definitely want to keep sharing because I love that. I also really do want to write a book. I That was an idea from like the get-go. I just have not put that into fruition yet, but I would love to write a book kind of about my experience and kind of my, you know, positivity tips and stuff like that. Um, Otherwise, I think I definitely have a brand new appreciation for life and for 
just living your life. So hopefully once this whole COVID situation is over, I'll be able to travel and do all these new experiences because obviously being 22 and getting so sick, I realized that there were so many things that I had not yet done in life and life is short and you just got to do what makes you happy and live it. So yeah, traveling is probably the number one thing that I would like to accomplish in the coming years. Life stops when you find out you have cancer and you're trying to figure out what everything is and then you get through to a certain points and you reevaluate your life and you try to figure out what's important and to try not to get caught up in the what if I never kind of mindset and always try to look forward to I will always you know have that mindset of I want to do this someday and my whole theory on that is is if I even if I never get to do those things I've done them in my mind so many times that I actually get the positive out of even just thinking about the things. And even if it's something you may never, ever do, the fact that you had that experience in your mind of where you would go, what you would do, what you would see, all those things recharge your battery and you get to actually have a moment of happy in in something that, you know, you could take it like, well, I'm never going to do it and I'm just going to be sad about it. So it's it's nice that you can actually flip that switch and feel that that kind of joy you would get if you were actually doing something and always doing that and setting that into motion that you have these things out there to do yet, I think really helps mindset for sure. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's like about not limiting yourself. Like even if you may never do it, the fact that you just didn't limit yourself internally is already such a big step forward. And I think for me, it's like, when there's something that I'm afraid of doing or I, you know, I don't think I'm good enough, I'm like, but look at everything that I've done. Like, I never thought that I would ever overcome losing my hair. Like, when I would get a bad haircut, that would be the end of the world, like, a few years ago. And now I lost all my hair and I overcame it. I rocked the buzz cut. Yeah, some days I hated it, but I rocked the buzz cut. I'm growing out my hair. I'm going through all the weird, awkward phases, like, you know, yes, I went through having scars and healing and my body being, you know, completely disturbed from the chemo and building it back up. So it's kind of like, you know, if I did that, like, it's like, there's nothing I can't do, you know, like, you're the one limiting yourself. If you're telling yourself, you're not going to ever do that, or you're not going to ever get to go there. So like you said, like, even if it never happens, the fact that you didn't limit yourself, and you, you know, in your head, you're like, I can do it, and I will do it is already such a liberating feeling kind of where I'm working through the, the, what can I do now? What can I do in the near future? And what can I do down the road? So. Absolutely. As long as you start today, like that's the thing, like you can't keep saying, what if, what if you have to start baby steps and then eventually it'll kind of, all the steps will just fall right into place. Also, just try your best to see the glass half full rather than half empty. I know that it is very hard. And some days for me, that is very hard as well, but I know journaling is something that is becoming very popular on social media and stuff like that. And I'm personally not into it. But what I have started doing recently, I guess this is my own form of journaling, is just writing down three gratitudes. And I know my boyfriend does this when he drives to work. He just says them out loud in the morning. Three things that you're grateful for. And the more you do that, kind of the easier it's going to be for you to just notice the good that you have around you. Even if you're having a really terrible day, just 
three things that you are very grateful for in your life in your life or that happened that morning or something like that and it just really helps kind of put you in a much better frame of mind even if i can help one person or even if you can help one person that is the biggest yes, reward for doing this and i really appreciate you taking that time and the way you show how you live your life, where your focus is, how you should you keep positive, the way you take care of yourself, all those things make a huge difference. So I just wanted other people to understand that there are ways to get through things. Not everybody has the same way to deal with them, but giving them an option or maybe you know it, but you just needed to hear it one more time. So I appreciate you sharing all your information and what you've been through. I know it's a vulnerable thing to get into details of, of where you've been. And I appreciate that you are reaching out in your own way to really give people that empowerment to, to take care of themselves, to get through the bad times, to look towards the future. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you as well. And thank you for giving me this opportunity. It was really nice speaking with you and connecting with you. And for anyone listening to this podcast, if you were waiting for some sort of a sign, well, this podcast was your sign. So as Laurie said, if you just needed a little bit of a push to keep going, to keep moving forward, well, this was your sign. Well, Banks, I wish you all the luck in your future, and I I hope we can meet up again another time and maybe do an update or something like that. That's all I have is thank you. So, Thank you as well. And yes, absolutely. I would love to. So just let me know when. So one more thing here. I wanted to make sure that everybody knew where to locate you, whether it be Instagram or YouTube. And I don't know if you could give everybody uh, the best way to reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is just at Megs Bujalski. So M-A-G-S-B-U-J-A-L-S-K-I. And then my YouTube, same thing, Megs Bujalski. I should be the only one on there with that name. So yeah, please feel free to send me a message if you ever need anything. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Thanks for listening to my chat with Megs. You can learn more about her on YouTube and Instagram at Mags Bujalski. You can also find the link in the episode description. If you or someone you know would like to share their experience or know of an organization to help even just one person, please message me on Instagram at Sailing Through Life Podcast. I would love to grow this caring support community. Be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find me on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, or whatever podcast platform you use. I'd be grateful if you could leave a review and share it. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or topics you'd like me to further touch on, please message me at Sailing Through Life Podcast on Instagram or leave a message on Anchor. Thanks again. Chat with you next time.